Hello, everybody out there in podcast land. Welcome to STAT, Shocking Traumas and Treatments, and I am your host, Karen Wickiam, coming to you from beautiful Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Today's episode is a special coronavirus episode, and I am doing it with my beautiful wife, Mary. Hello, everybody. Mary, can you get in a little closer to the mic, though? I can. See, she's got a really, like, soft uh, therapist voice, so... Sometimes it's uh, hard to hear. I've got a, a loud voice. You should see me in in person. Like I would get on your near uh, on your nerves pretty quick. I have a pretty loud voice. <laughs> you have good lung chi. Yeah. So does my son. So when we're together, it sounds like there's like a, a battle going on, and we're just hanging out and enjoying each other's company. So um, just because we we have loud voices. Anyway, I know people are sick and tired of talking about the coronavirus. I'm kind of sick of hearing it too. Why? Because it's anxiety inducing. It's scary. Yeah, definitely. It's uncertainty and loss of control and all of those things make us feel, well, helpless. Exactly. But I think we need to have relevant up-to-date information. So I think it's important that we not sit in front of the TV with bated breath and freak ourselves out completely. But I think it's important to stay up to date about what's going on daily, um, what our governments and uh, healthcare system is is telling us and the suggestions they're making. It is not something they are just pulling out of their ass. Okay, this is serious shit. When this first came out. I really sensed a big panic that was happening. And so people were responding to this panic in a very negative way. Not everybody. So I kind of put feelers out there to say, hey, let's just take it as it comes. Let's see where this is going. Let's keep our shit together. And well, you know, it's turned into this crazy pandemic and it, this is what it is now. So I've adjusted my, my way of thinking. I didn't ever think recklessly or think people were, you know, morons were thinking that way. I just thought we need to keep things in perspective daily. And this is where we are at now. So it's still a matter of keeping things into perspective. But this thing is a, a moving target. So we just have to to go with the flow. What, what have we seen? We've seen some of the worst of human beings out there. And I don't know why we're surprised because we know there are fantastic, amazing human beings and shit human beings. So this hoarding and refusing to stay in in, a, in social um situations and not socially isolating or whatever uh distancing you know and among other things gun stock uh you know they're hoarding guns and food and what the fuck is up with the toilet paper hoarding jesus christ i'd rather have some good protein in my belly than be able to wipe my ass with nice white toilet paper not saying i'd stop wiping my ass i'm just saying that there are ways i think i limited it to three triple ply for a pee and six for a poop. Is that what I limited to? Now, that's not always accurate. You know, I think some people just <laughs> ignorance think that it's a stomach flu of some sort. Like initially there was that. And I guess people are afraid of running out of bum wipes. So, you know, I mean. Uh, I still don't get it, Mary. I still don't get it. I know. We, we Mary was at a, at a store the other day because um, we did have to pick up some supplies and they had just stocked up on TP. Do you know how many Mary brought home? You son of a bitch. You know how many she brought home? 
two packs. You well, are a monster. Well, it said limit of two per customer. No, Share, but still, you didn't take more. You didn't try to argue. You didn't bring in people off the street and pay them five bucks to pretend that they were different people to buy toilet paper for you. What I'm saying is you, everybody can have stuff, but this is not really the purpose of this episode today. Today, I wanted to give the straight dope on what's going on. The straight dope in terms of medically, what is this all about? And it's not going to be pretty. I, I'm not going to sugarcoat this because I think when we sugarcoat shit, we then um, start going off into this little uh, fantasy world where really, is it all that bad? Well, you know what? It is bad. Okay. It's turned out that this is pretty fucking bad. And this is, it's way more than we can imagine. Good news is, well, a lot of people are listening and, you know, it seems that a big part of, of the world is pulling together to help, but the, the end of the day, this is terrible. So I'm going to get started into this. You ready, Mary? I'm ready. Give us the give us the goods. Poor woman has been listening to me curse and swear, and you know. Um, I think I think the main point that we want to try to give to people today is that you can prevent this from getting worse by following the guidelines that they're giving you. It's not just hype; they're doing this for a reason. And I I'm, I'm just want to clarify that, and I know you weren't saying it, but I don't believe anybody that listens to this podcast is one of those morons out there. You know what I mean? Like, I'd like to think that every one of my listeners is a, is a, is a, a reasonable, intelligent um, human being that, you know. You do have awesome listeners. Very yeah, intelligent yeah. and socially responsible. And I know when you were saying you, you were saying to you out there, you know, but uh, that aren't doing it. But... All right, let's just get down to brass tacks on this. SARS COVID 2 is what this is called. SARS COVID 2. What it means is severe acute respiratory syndrome. That's what SARS, SARS stands for. Oh, I okay. thought it was sudden. No, severe. Severe okay. acute respiratory syndrome. That's what SARS stands for. This is a SARS like virus. We've had three SARS outbreaks in total, in history, I don't know, like in modern history anyway. So, the, so that, that the, the first viral SARS started in 2002, and it's come in three different um, types. This one, so SARS, COVID, meaning coronavirus, and two, meaning this is the second coronavirus outbreak we've had. So one of the SARS outbreaks was in fact a coronavirus. Okay. So there you get the definition of SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-2. Okay. So the disease that causes, so the, this disease, this SARS-CoV-2 causes COVID-19. Okay. So that's like, this is this is the cause of it. And COVID means Corona Virus Disease 19-2019. Right. Just okay. how like HIV is the infection that causes AIDS, the disease. Exactly. Kind of thing. So the coronavirus is a group or type of viruses or in a family of viruses. Okay. Um, it is called novel COVID because people are like, why is it called novel, novel COVID? Novel means new. So it's a whole new strain brand new to us 
And so the novel is not the book part. <laughs> so I could see that easily uh, um, misinterpreted. But because it is new, there is no immunity to this. If you come in contact, you're going to get it. That's right. That's just, that's it. Um, now, there will be symptoms from mild to severe, and some people will die. And they suspect that there's some asymptomatic carriers out there. They don't know for sure because, I mean, it's going to take some time to, and testing. And there's just not a lot going on with that to, to know. Like, we can't just randomly say, well, I come in contact, let's test you. You can really only test people with it or suspected of it because you're going to run out of tests. So, um, so there's some people that could have symptoms so mild that they don't even realize. Not true. They- no? Okay. So when they say, this is, oh, I love having you here because you're like, you answer the questions of the people. Mm-hmm. Mild in this case doesn't mean sick or like, <laughs> mild is you're shitting, you're, you're shitting sick. You're, no, mild, no, it's not a shitting sickness. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, I got a little hot. Mild means that you're going to recover. Okay. So recoverable flu symptoms. Mild means you don't need hospitalization but it doesn't mean you're not sick as a dog okay my um 80 of people will have mild symptoms okay 20 percent of those people will need hospitalization out of those 20 percent 10 will need to be in the icu out of those 10 percent five will need respirators and out of those five on respirators half of those people will die so right now under perfect conditions it's a 2.5% death rate. So if you have 100 people, 80% of them are mild. So 80 of them will just be able to recover at home with Tylenol and chicken soup and yeah, rest and staying in, obviously. Yeah. 20% of them will need to go to the hospital. Yes. 10% will need ICU. 10% will need ICU. 5% ventilators. Half of those will die. So 25 will die. I don't like those numbers. Mm, they're low-ish, but not great in the... They're not low-ish when you talk about... Um, millions of people. Yeah. There's a billion people, Mary. How much is 2.5% of a billion? Oh, don't make me do math. <laughs> I'm really bad at math. Two, 250 million? Yes. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking people. That is. Well, we have almost 8 billion people on the planet. So, anyway... There you go. So there's there's some of the, the numbers there. It's a bit scary. This is not the regular flu. This flu feels like um, the wimpiest cold you've ever gotten. This this flu, this this feels like the sniffles compared to, or this virus, you know, feels like the sniffles compared to the flu. And if you've had the flu, like really had the flu, you know it's the shits. Wait a minute. Let me clarify there. So when you get the mild symptoms of COVID-19? It's a lot worse than just than getting the flu. Because people are like, oh, it's just the flu. It's not just a flu. You're sick as a bloody dog with this thing. Okay? But I'm confused. I thought you just said it's like the sniffles. No, what I'm saying is the flu feels like the sniffles compared to how bad coronavirus is. Ew, I yeah, that's what, what I'm saying. saying. All okay. right. So, so <laughs> I'm like, there's the flu, which is crappy. And then there's this flu, which is the, worse. This virus, which is way worse. Okay? okay. Okay. 
so so now we're talking about well let's just talk about some of the symptoms of this just so you can know that this is just not a, a cakewalk where did i get this information i want to stay uh state that right off the top i've done a lot of reading research i've sifted through so much stuff to find out what some of the best real numbers are out there and gone through stuff that's just absolute garbage um so I'm not just like talking out of my butt on this. Like this, I, I, I feel like I'm talking as accurately as I possibly can. Um, I've also been doing a lot of reading on people who are now coming out and saying what their symptoms were, how they felt, what they went through. Now, certainly there's not tons and tons of people and I can't read everything, but from what I'm gathering, this is what happens. People start to feel um, tired and they get a bit of a headache and just feel kind of run down. Um, then they start to get these body aches. So like day one, day two, tired, run down, headache, body aches. Usually by t day two, and sometimes it can start off right away, people start to get that fever. So now you've got a, your body is really hurting like hell. You got a fever that climbs, uh, muscle aches, sore throat. Some people get extremely sore throats to the point that they can't or don't want to swallow because it hurts so much. And then... It, it carries on where you start to get a bit of a dry cough. And what's happening when you get that dry, dry cough is that your lungs are starting to fill up with some fluid and it's, and it's just the air is having a hard time moving. So, and, and that's where people develop pneumonia from this. So, which, which can be confusing to people because you think, well, if my flu, if my lungs are filling up with fluid, why don't I have like a wet cough? Yeah, because, well, it's just because you're, the air can't move in and out. So you're coughing <laughs> to try to get that oxygen in and out but the fluid can't get through. So yes, I know right. you're going to explain that later. Okay. So anyway, these are your symptoms and this is no walk in the park. So severe aches and pains and dehydration and severe headache, a throat, sore throat. That's terrible. Shortness of breath, breath, lightheadedness. It's hard just to sit up and walk to the bathroom and back. You don't want to eat. You don't want to drink. You are so exhausted that you can barely keep your eyes open. This lasts up to uh, a week to 10 days or more. And this is going to take you a while to even start feeling better. These are what I'm talking about, your mild, mild symptoms. And they're crap. Getting back to, it seems, oh, 2.5%. That doesn't seem like too bad of a number. Well, let's back that up to 5%. What do you need at the 5% to even survive and be that 2.5%? You need an ICU bed and that respirator. You need a team of doctors and nurse, nurses, respiratory therapists, all para staff to be jumping all over the place to keep you alive. You may need dialysis. You may, to have, may need to have fluid drained from you regularly because you're going into liver failure. You're in sepsis. You're sick as you can possibly imagine being sick. You're as close to death as you're going to get. So at that 5%, you need all of that available to you. Are there enough beds for that? No. Um, at that 10% hospitalization that you go in or 20% that need to be hospitalized, 10% are in the ICU. So are there enough ICU beds to support you? No. 20% hospitalization. Are there enough beds? No. Well, yeah. If we can flatten this curve, if we can, if we can keep our hospitals from being overwhelmed, if we stay inside. If we wash our hands, if we follow all the due diligence to do this, 
then. Yes, we can survive that. It'll still be tricky. It'll still be hard. And this is why Italy is overwhelmed because not because they did really anything wrong. It just hit them hard and fast. They have a 10% death rate there. Okay. Wow. Nurses and doctors are fucking dying. They're working 100 to 110 hours a week and they're running out of supplies. The PTSD, the mental exhaustion, the physical exhaustion, what these people are going through, frontline workers, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Each and every one of you. I'm thinking of, of doing what I can and maybe doing some telehealth nursing here in Canada just to, to jump in and do my bit. But, um, you know, yeah. And let's not forget about the people on the front line as well, like the people that are working at our gas stations and grocery stores and our pharmacies. Don't be dicks to these people. Do you know how scared and exhausted they are? They have families to go home to. Okay. What about um, delivery people? Delivery people, people that are keeping order. things mo moving. Postal services. Erica. Thank you, Erica. Thank you, Erica. You know, like she's she's having to still go to work and do her job. And, and keep things moving. So be kind to these people. Yeah, you're stressed, but it's not okay. You're not them. Okay. All right. I'm yeah. Not, I'm one, one more thing I wanted to add was I know that Italy has like one of the second oldest populations. Yeah, that's it too. Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. I mean, yep. It's, it's, it's rough over but there. But people in their thirties are now dying. No, I know that's, I think about two people that are smokers or vapors. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to be getting into this here. Actually, this is a, a perfect segue. And uh, Erica's not just the only one that's good at segues. You Which, are amazing at it. Um, that's my segue, Sam. I think you might even be better. Shh, don't tell Erica. Okay. Um, so the coronavirus is a respiratory disease illness. So those that already have respiratory issues already are at higher risk. So this includes smokers and vapors, like you just said. If you've had a lung resection... Otherwise, otherwise known as like a removal of part of your lung for some reason. You know, it could be from cancer. It could be from other type of lung disease. If you have COPD, which is chronic obstructive, <laughs> I can never say obstructive. Oh, mm -hmm. I just did. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which is a group of diseases formerly or had been known as emphysema or bronic, uh, chronic bronchitis. And you get that from smoking or being exposed to fumes, burning fuel, or work-related stuff. Like some people have gotten, you know, from asbestos and, and, and things like that. So Firefighters. Firefighters, yes, exactly. Uh, people that work in kitchens. And there's all the burned oil in the air and stuff like that, right? Or just even people in their homes. So other people on oxygen, people with sleep apnea, poorly controlled asthma. And this one is just coming out. People with high blood pressure have very poor outcomes when they get this virus or end up, you know, they get it, they're much sicker. And I'm going to explain that to you in a little while, why this happens. Um, a morbid obesity. So if your BMI is over 40, um, it used to be like older age. Well, it still is older age for all the obvious reasons, but people in their 30s and 40s and even 20s are getting incredibly sick. And I think there was a 16 year old that we heard about that died recently. Um, there's probably more than that. We just, you can't keep up with the information. Important to know. This, why this is so contagious is because it's airborne and contact. Okay. Airborne. <coughs> it's out in the air. I touch a surface. 
you touch that surface. Hmm. Airborne and contact. So it's a double whammy in this one. So if you are within six feet of somebody and they sneeze, they cough, they laugh, expel air uh, of some sort. Yawn. Yawn. Exactly. You know, you're within that six feet. It's going to go into your mucous membranes or it could your eyes, your nose, your mouth, head down into your throat, to your trachea, into your lungs. And you have a very high risk of catching this stuff. This thing, not stuff. If you brought it home and you don't know it, okay, you hug, kiss your your partner, breathe around them in the same enclosed area, snore, because snoring goes. (laughs) So some people say, oh, well, I'm an introvert. I don't really go out. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? All it takes is someone to bring it home to you. Or if you step out, what? Because you are normally an introvert, you are now immune to touching anything and breathing anything doesn't count. It does not count. So this is in the air. We need to breathe air. It's droplets. Droplets. However, we have something to be thankful for that it, this is not aer- aerosolized. If this was like mist, nothing would help us. No masks, nothing will work. So if this was like a small misty droplets, it would just get through everything. So let's be, they're pretty sure that this is not aerosolized. Okay. Is there some sort of a disease we can think of that is? Uh, I'd have to really look. That's something okay. I, I like, should was have it, looked was it, I mean, Ebola, was, is it? An- I, I, I can't, I don't want to answer that because I don't know, but I okay. will look into it. And if anybody knows, uh, please let us know or post it. But yeah, if it became like an aerosol, man, bad. But because it is, so because it is airborne in contact, it is infected, like I said, through our mucous membranes. Um, and on in terms of surfaces, it can live from hours to days on surfaces. So you think more porous the surface, the least it's going to last. So like on a stainless steel surface, it can last there for like it's kind of ideal conditions. But if it's a wood surface, not as long. But then you've got plastic, you've got cardboard, you've got uh, ceramics, marble. You know, all that kind of stuff. Like on cement, it, it wouldn't necessarily last very long. But still, what? how much, how long is long before someone can touch it? Right. So then it, it, then it gets into us through our mucous membranes. So, but also too, just a quick idea. Like think of shopping carts, surfaces, transit, tables at restaurants. You reach up and hold that bar on a subway. Who held it before you for how many days? Mm-hmm. Right? And then don't touch your face? Yes. Now, Until you can wash your hands? It gets into your eyes, nose, and mouth. There are other mucous membranes, but hopefully you're not playing with those while you're out in public. <laughs> I hope not. Don't, don't anyway, go there. Anyway, you're not sketching your bits. <laughs> We're going to just reach down right now after I hold on to the... Um, probably at least one person's done it. Um, but try not touching your face all day. Try it. We do it unconsciously. Our hands are all over our faces all the time. Right? Yes, we do. Yeah, I like mean, touch moving our hair back. Well, or, if you're a nose picker. Or, you know, or uh, I don't know, uh, rail liquor. Take, <laughs> you wear glasses, you take them off, you rub your eyes. Yeah, exactly. You know, whatever. So it's hard. Um, so how did, so let, let's talk Stop. about the process you know, of. No voguing, anything like that. <laughs> Just XNA on the voguing. Okay, so. It, you know, let's try not to touch our faces and stuff like that. Very difficult, but we've got to do our best. So how does this virus work? It can get into our eyes, our nose, our mouths, and then it works down our throat 
into, you know, our, um, to where our trachea and esophagus meet. Okay. The little flap opens up so you can breathe, goes down into your, into your lungs, to your passageways and works its way all the way down to your alveoli, which are these beautiful little sacs where gas exchange happens. Oxygen in, carbon dioxide out. Our body is are incredible things. I just, I get very excited talking about anatomy and physiology and, and biology and all that kind of stuff. So it works down our, down the tubes into our air sacs ca- called alveoli where the O2 and carbon dioxide are exchanged. And it goes right to the bottom because of gravity, right? So we, it just hits, goes straight down to, to those tiny, tiny little alveoli. Not ravioli, alveoli. So your alveoli are like these like beautiful, it's not a very good description, but maybe visually, are like these beautiful tiny little balloons that expand and contract, pushing in the oxygen into the body and releasing the uh, the carbon monoxide within like dioxide. Dioxide. Did I say monoxide? Yeah. Oh God, no, no, I no, always not get, that. no. I get those. I always say the wrong one sometimes too. And some people don't realize how big our lungs are. Do you know they go from our clavicle to where our ribs end? So that's practically our waistline. These are big organs that mm-hmm. we're messing with here. Yeah. Okay. Because we need to oxygenate this whole big ass body of ours. So, um, you know what? I'm not going to cut out these page flips. Please <laughs> just bear with me. And so when I went to the Body Worlds exhibit a number of years ago, they had lungs on display. I was fascinated by the lungs because you don't realize how big they are until you see them out of the body and you're like, holy crap, those are really big. (laughs) And also like they had lungs that were from smokers or they had a pair of lungs from coal miners. Oh my God. They had shrunken to like, I don't know, two thirds or half the size. Scary. Just from the destruction that they are exposed to. So it was very, very fascinating. But yeah, they're way bigger than you realize when you see them, you know, sort of live. Yeah. And so you think about the surface area, they take place if you're, you know, if they're going to fill, how sick you can get, how incredible this, this these organs are. So let's get even more into the nitty gritty of lungs. There are, the lung cells are called pneumocytes. Okay. And there are two types of lung cells, type one and type two. Type one is where gas exchanges, okay? Oxygen, carbon dioxide. So imagine these air sacs filling with liquid. And this liquid is pus, extra fluid and debris. And it's taking up and replacing the space where air exchanges. Okay, so now these beautiful little sacs are now filling with fluid. How long can you hold your breath for? I could probably maybe 30 seconds. Oh, maybe less. Mm, Maybe 45 seconds. Okay. I don't know. Now picture your lungs filling up for fluid. How long can you go without breathing? You can't. Yeah. Right? So, So basically you drown. It's like having your head held underwater. And you're, and every time your head is held down and they, you lift your head up and it's pushed down and pulled up, you get more tired and more tired and more tired. And you, um, you, you, you're just not, you're able to breathe less and less and get less and less oxygen in. And then basically, basically you suffocate. Yeah, I know this sounds morbid, but this is 
What can happen here? This is what we're talking about. Type 2 pneumocytes, what they do is they make something called surfactant. Surfactant is like lubricant for, for your alveoli to be able to expand and contract, expand and contract. So think about an engine that doesn't get oil, right? Just seizes right up. I seem to recall something from my anatomy, being a massage therapist, about surfactant and its effect on the tension, the pressure and tension of the lungs. So like yep. that's what allows it to expand and contract. And well, stuff. it keeps it soft and supple and kind of ready to go. It allows it to... Surface tension is coming to mind. For yeah. Me. So you need that. So stuff... Think about when you, your car runs on oil, the engine stops working, right? I mean, it's not the greatest analogy, but I mean, it's like it keeps it lubricated, allows them... And it's in the, the lining of the alveoli themselves. So it's got this nice little lubricant that makes it easy to to expand and contract. Mm -hmm. Keeps the parts moving. Exactly. No so, oil and the uh, engine will seize up pretty quickly. Exactly. So that's why we need to wash the shit out of our hands a lot. And after any outside contact or contact with surfaces. Because we cannot afford to get this thing. Because even if you don't have been in the hospital, you end up really sick. And it's still, like, this virus targets, targets these areas. Okay, so, but what it, it targets these areas, but it really, what it really clings onto, what it really targets, targets is the type 2 receptors, the ones that make the surfactant, the ones that allow the contraction and expansion, okay? Now, this is going to get a little technical here, but I'm going to do my best. What? You know, you're talking, you're talking about surface tension. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's something called angiotension converting enzyme. ACE is an enzyme that is what allows, or that's what's within this, this uh, surfactant. Okay. If you have high blood pressure, what do some people take? ACE inhibitors. Yes. So that you can keep that blood pressure under control. Because the virus targets this protein, which controls, among other things, our blood pressure, if you already have high blood pressure, it'll get a fuck ton worse. Hmm. Because these ACE inhibitors are being targeted. Okay? Or these, these ACE, this, uh, these, this enzyme is being targeted. Right. So once the virus is there in, in, in these tiny cells, it will colonate. It will, um, what do you call that? Replicate, like it will make more. Has a little party and yeah. makes more. And it will kill baby the viruses. Yeah, and it kills the cells that it's targeted. So it hits that tiny cell that we have millions of. It kills it. Makes okay? more of itself. Okay. Then because the cells the cells die, your body's like, whoa, something's dead in there. Something's bad in there. We got to get rid of it. It's not supposed to be part of the body. A huge inflammatory response happens, okay? And it sends out a whole bunch of, let's think of it as bug killers. Our body is like a, you know, sends out like bug killers out throughout, through your veins and your arteries and all this kind of stuff. And it sends it out and um, to kill the virus, all right? So things like interleukons, tumor necrosis factors, and all that kind of exciting stuff that keeps us alive. But when it happens fast... It floods the system. It overwhelms the system and ends up, our incredible bodies end up 
killing healthy tissue and sending fluids to areas to fix it. And that ends up, it may cause us death or ARDS, okay, which I'm getting to. ARDS? I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay. Just making sure. A-R-D-S? Yes. Switch, switch, rustle, rustle of paper. Sorry, guys. But this is just like, got to get to it. So our amazing bodies, like I said, sent out an entire army to attack and kill, but it can overwhelm the body by doing this too rapidly and cause a series of events that can lead to hospitalizations, respiratories, and even death. And that's why people are already unwell or weakened. Or at, um, so, sorry, that's why people who are already unwell and weakened are at the highest risk of getting very sick. Um, our bodies in this attempt to save us can overwhelm us at times. And this mm -hmm. is where people have inflammatory diseases and autoimmune diseases. You can see why they get very yeah. sick. I remember, though, I think it was last year or the year before, there was a flu that it, it, it was just like sort of the regular flu. But it seemed to target younger people weirdly. Like it was more... You heard like of teens and stuff getting it rather than seniors and immune compromised. And it did something similar where it was almost like their own very healthy immune system overreacted very badly. It was like too healthy almost? And yeah, it was almost like they had two people with really healthy immune systems. Their systems went berserk and actually made them worse. Yeah. Yeah, it's... <laughs> human body is crazy how you know it, i'm gonna pick you but not you. you do you know what i mean it's just it it just uh i mean we're self-regulating self-defending and self-healing but when you're under attack from something like this your body it just does what it what it thinks it's doing is right <laughs> yeah. to, to help it right? sometimes it's worse um so so like i said this the cells die fluid enters the alveoli and they fill up and the medical term for this is pneumonia. There we go. So it starts in the lower lungs, like I said, then it consolidates. Consolidates means that it gets together, it clumps together, um, and, and it, it does that in groups and masses in the areas of the lungs. And then eventually it can take over the lungs. And this is what ARDS is, acute respiratory distress syndrome, okay, where your lungs are overwhelmed with fluid. Okay. Now you worked through SARS, mm -hmm. and SARS was ARDS. Was it no SARS? Okay. Oh no, but you did get ARDS from SARS. <laughs> but it was extremely virulent. It was a very yes. It was very very virulent. Um, but you know because it was harder tran to transmit, even though it had a higher death rate and illness like severe illness rate, um, it was harder to transmit. So easier, easy to much easier to contain. This is the opposite to that. Right. So okay. you had to kind of swap spit with somebody for well, was It wasn't, well, no, it's, it was, yeah, you could still get it close up, but it was still hard, harder to transmit. So right. okay. um, this is, I don't want to say the exact opposite. I'm just saying like, this is, ex this is easy to get. Whereas that it was harder to get. Was it maybe more fragile outside of the body, the SARS? Yeah, it just, it, it wasn't, it just. Um, I mean, that's a whole other story to okay. explain, but it was just to, to make it easier. Let's just say it, um, it, it was harder to get. Okay. Um, so as the lungs filling up with fluid and it's this nasty liquid that I explained, it's, it's pus and it's all our, um, white blood cell gunk in that normally works well. And just a fluid that's rushing to the area to try to flush this stuff out. It's filling our lungs. Our lungs stiffen. 
they're no longer able to move freely, especially since that surfactant is being affected, right? So our lungs stiffen and we can't push air and out, uh, in and out like, like we could. And as the fluids, the fluids fill the lungs, you can't get rid of the li liquid at all. So now your lungs are full of fluid and they can't push anything out. Therefore air and therefore there's no gas exchange, right? That's when you get put on a ventilator. So basically wow. the coronavirus to sum this up is killing your pneumocytes. It's killing both type one and type two. Directly and indirectly. Yeah. So instead of your lungs looking like a nice tight kitchen sponge with all these nice little holes, all evenly spaced, it starts to look like a loofah. Okay. Picture oh, that. It's a good description. And the loofah, you know, is full of holes. It's big ones and it's kind of shreddy looking and it's more fragile where a sponge is a lot more hardy and there's, you know, nice little, nicely sized, you know, holes in it are AKA alveoli. Yeah. Think of those big, like peanut shaped ones that you wash your car with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, ARDS is acute respiratory distress syndrome. Like I said, your lungs can exchange the O2 and the CO2 and they're dying from, your lungs are dying from the fluid buildup. You're suffocating. Like you're on land, but drowning. Um, and yes, I am saying this over and over and over again, because I'm really trying to get this home. And please, I'm not looking for numbers or anything out there. I don't give a shit about that right now. I just want to keep making this podcast because I just want to stay in contact and connect with you guys. But honestly, if you can pass this information on or get someone to listen to it, if you think that I've done a good enough job, please do that. Let's spread the news here. Okay, let's get this out. If that means scaring some people, but with correct information to stay home, then whatever, you know. Um, so your lungs are suffocating and you start to get tired. Your muscles stop working from fatigue and eventually you go into cardiac arrest, organ failure and die because now your organs aren't also getting oxygen either. So liver, um, uh, liver failure, kidney failure, respiratory distress and failure cardiac arrest. Um, and if you're not put on a ventilator uh, right away, you will die. And this happens fast. Okay. So you go from like feeling really sick to arts to death like that. There is no, we got a, a couple days to deal with this. This is like, holy shit. We got to deal with this now today. So if there's not a ventilator available, you know, so there are only a finite number of resources out there. There are only so many dialysis machines. There's only so many ventilators. They're actually trying to come up with ventilators that they can use, like make them so that they can use them on two, three, and four people. You can see the problem with that is like, you got to keep, make sure none of the right. <laughs> oxygen is passing forth between the two, but that's what they're trying to do. In fact, I think that uh, Tesla guy, I always forget his name. Oh, Elon Musk. I almost said, I almost said e Eli something? I almost said like Egon Tusk or something. Like I came up with the dumbest name, but yes. Well, he, he's trying to help figure dude. out uh, how, yeah. to, how to, to make these machines, you know, more efficient and, and stuff like that. But again, do you think that happens overnight? Now you've got a new way of doing it. And then you, you might have to like do a patch up on a, on a, on a certain machine. Now you got to make the supplies, get the supplies out there. This isn't just like, oh, great. They've done it. Okay. What? You just think this stuff goes out overnight? No. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about the dumbasses out there. But this is where 
the resources need to be redirected. Like, stop making shit that we don't need to make and make the stuff that we need to get through this. Like in wartime. Yeah. I hope, I mean, this is a war in, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because um, we, we need to re- pile, like, you know, put our resources together, like you said, into areas that we need. So let's talk about numbers a little bit here. Now, the numbers change, I God, by by day, by minute, by hour, okay? But I'm going to talk about, like, the numbers that I kind of have up until this point to, I think, will give you a good indication. So, like I said, 80% will go, get sick. Out of those... No, wait, 80%? 80% will... Out of 100 people, 80%. Okay, okay, no, wait a minute. I'm bad at math. Out of 100 people that get, get sick, 80% will have mild, which is horrible illness okay 20% will have to be hospitalized 10% ICU out of those five out of those 10% 5% ventilator and only half will live okay so that's that's basically that's your numbers now there's other numbers that I want to talk about okay Think about the death rate being 50% if you're putting on a ventilator. That's scary. Mm-hmm. I know it's like, well, only 80 will get sick. Mm, well, well 20 will get really sick. 10 will be in the ICU. Like, who wants to be in the ICU? And then you've got a half if you're, if you're sorry. <laughs> so you're ha- So say you're in that 10% that needs to go into the ICU. Half of those people, 50%, are going to need to be on ventilators. 25% of those will die 25%. or 50% on the respirator on the ventilator. Okay. So there's not enough equipment out in the world. There just isn't. No. Okay. So if we can flatten this curve, keep the numbers down, um, it can spread out and we can treat people and save as many lives as possible. When I say we, meaning that my part is trying to like, just stay at home and, and do my bit from home. And educate. And educate. And you have to think also too about the strain that this is putting on the medical system people who are already ill with cancer and diabetes and what's their care like now is it pushed to the side i mean there's countries that we haven't even talked about um let me get through some of these numbers um just you know because most of our listeners are north america i mean mean, also uh, thank you uk and uh australia australia but no i mean we have listeners all over the place so just like love to all of you and everybody i i hope you either don't get it or recover and uh quickly um but okay (laughs) give me the numbers all right give me those numbers as of two days ago the 23rd of March, the U.S. had 32,000 cases. Italy's up to 50,000. Whoa. Okay. But the U.S. already has, has as of two days ago, 32,000. That's a lot. And that happened, like, within, what, a week? Right. And they're behind sort of everybody. Yeah. Now think about now. now. It's the 25th today. It's the 25th. And I just looked. This is a great uh, website if you want to check it out. It's the uh, Coronavirus COVID-19 Global Case by the Center for Systems Sciences and Engineering. I'll put a link 
and it tells exactly what's going on worldwide as, as fast as they can put it out. As of right now, the U.S. has 55,568. So in, um, wow. in so two days, they have 23,000, almost doubling the amount. That uh, on, on, on the 23rd, they had 8,000 new cases in one day. That's pretty significant. Okay. And so, scary. Yes. So this is what I'm talking about here. Now, out of those deaths... 800 and oh sorry out, out of those cases so far 809 have died and 354 have recovered now that's a that's what a th- just over a thousand cases uh that they can say they can give stats on but guys 23,000 new cases in two days and growing by the end of the day based on that you might have uh, what is it here it's two okay by the by tomorrow by 2 a.m you might have another four or five thousand cases right i mean and that's what we know of stay at home stay at home no miami beach friggin parties no more hanging out with the buds no more like teenage hugs out there oh Okay, you know how teenagers love to hug each other like everybody loves to oh we're gonna be fine fuck covid we're good oh how did i get sick Oh, it's not really that big of a deal. Everybody's overreacting. Oh, my God. Oh, it's just a little flu. Line y'all up and I'll bitch slap every single one of you. (laughs) (laughs) Only I wouldn't want to touch you because you might have it. I'm just adding a bit of levity here. But seriously, I had a little mini meltdown this morning. It might have been a little bit more than that. No, you're just venting. I don't want to listen to the news. News depresses me. What the fuck is wrong with you? You don't want to listen to the news? You don't want to listen to the news? You have depression? So does the rest of the motherfucking world right now. We, we, we. You have to listen to the news. At the very least. I'm not sitting there with your knees on your hand, your elbows on your knees and your fists under your chin, leaning into it and having a fucking mental breakdown. I'm talking about what am I supposed to do today? What can I do today? So for all of you people out there that say it's no big deal or it's a little, a little flu, I don't want to be watching. I don't do news. Okay. For all of you out there. Okay. My fucking colleagues are dying. Nurses and doctors and paramedical staff are dying. They're working to a 100 to 110 hours a day. I mean, a week. Add the numbers up, okay? This is what they are doing. They're not leaving these hospitals. I saw a picture where there's, there's, there's nurses and doctors sleeping on mats outside of hospitals just to catch a few hours sleep to go back in. And you don't want, you don't want to, you don't want to look, know about this? You don't want to open your eyes to this. It's not that big of a deal. These people that are saving your family members' lives. And likely maybe yours one day because you're not fucking listening and you're spreading this around. their, Their lives are just throwaways because, you know, you know better and you don't want to listen to the man and you just, oh, I still, it's not that big of a deal. You make me sick and that makes me sick. And if I could be, I'd be in the ER right now with 
with with my coworkers and I'm not and that makes me sick. It makes me sick that I am not doing my duty. And that's why I'm going to find a way to get back into it and help the best that I can. But I I just I just have to say that. Show some respect. And everybody send out through their mind, through their thoughts, if you're religious, through your or spiritual, through your prayers, whatever you can, reach out and say thank you and keep these people in mind. And and let's not forget the people that work in grocery stores and gas stations and, and, and keeping their businesses open to feed us. Okay? To make our medicine. Mm, our truck drivers that are transporting it. People that are doing the our hydro, our treatment plants, our water, our electricity, everything that is keeping this world running. Post office. Thank you, Erica, again. Okay? I think the thing that's disturbing like when it first came out i thought okay well how bad can this get and of course being you know someone who works in the healthcare field um you know want to do my part and be responsible and you know there are people out there that are doing emergency work that's not necessarily in a hospital and i know some people can get really distressed by you know if you focus too much on the news you need to know be aware i think the biggest thing that we're trying to say here is people need to really open their eyes and just know that this is really serious we're not joshing around here this is not being overhyped if anything it, it distresses me to think that the states is a very close to us uh, geographically, MB is very ill-prepared for this pandemic. As many, many other countries, and I think just as as a world. But well, it's it's like I, it's I wanna... nothing we've seen before. I mean, if there's someone old enough that survived the Spanish flu, that's the only other thing I can think of that that even comes close, other than world wars and genocide. Oh, we got the bubonic plague. You've got. Uh, through gener- through world has had lots of of pandemics. I, I mean, okay, all right. Just a couple more things to think of before we end this today. It's thought that maybe the numbers will peak, um, maybe in May June. Now, let's just throw a number out there. Just say that you peak at a hundred thousand, which we know it's changing daily. But let's just throw a hundred thousand out there. It's easier for math. Okay. So 100,000 cases by, say, June 1st. You've peaked it. Ah, yeah, we peaked. The next day you have 90,000 new cases. Next day, 80,000 new cases. That's still a lot of cases. So in two days, you know what I'm saying? Like, or next week or whatever, you still have so many new cases. Okay, so just because you peak doesn't mean that things are okay we're better now yeah it's it's good news but no it's not better and there's likely to be a second wave in terms of vaccines we're looking at a 12 to 18 month window before they get in vaccine that works and then they got to make it and then they got to rule it out so think long term here guys no not the end of the world long term but think long term this isn't going to happen overnight businesses are not going to open again overnight. 
We're in for a long, long haul. Deep breath. Love our family. Love our friends. Stay at home. Minimal contact. Share. Stop the fucking hoarding. Stop it. If you know that you have uh, an elderly person by where you live, share with them. You don't have to meet them face to face. You can say, Doris, I got some bread and milk and eggs. I'm going to leave it on your doorstep. If you know that there's something that they need help with getting their medications or it can't be delivered. I'm not saying we go out and directly expose ourselves, but if we're already having to go out there and get food or if we're ordering it to our house and they don't know how to order it, order some extra for them. Leave it at their doorstep. Let's be kind to each other. And it's not just Doris, but I mean, so many other, we're all in this together. We're all going to be pretty broke. (laughs) We're all going to be, maybe a lot of us are going to get sick and we're all going to be a bit cranky and anxious and everything else. But for God's sakes, all we've got now is our love. Not all we've got. I'm not going to go to extreme, but really at the end of the day, it's our health and, and love and caring for each other. Let's think about that. Let's focus on that. Okay. Let's not lose our heads. Let's not, but let's know what this, the real shit is going on. Okay. Just that's what we need to do. That's what I'm going to do anyway. A couple last things. There's a drug that is being used made in a, made in a, like a pharmaceutical company and it's called chloroquine or quinine and it's main use at this point is for people with lupus which is really horrible yeah and they're trialing it with some of the um coronavirus patients so it's gotten the news people are now stockpiling this medication and people with lupus aren't able to get treatment for their care for their uh, illness stop it oh by the way chloroquining is one of the main ingredients in cleaning out your fish tanks so people are actually taking the tablets that is used to clean out a fish tank one has already died and one is in you know um dying from it i think i need to do it in erica i don't understand i don't understand I, i i don't understand so stop it Stop it. Misinformation kills. Right now, things are just guesses. Okay, we're shooting fish in a, in a, in a pond, right? So don't grab on to every little what you think is a cure. Because that might... What a stat. Sometimes it's a cure that kills you. Yes, sometimes it is. Just keep up on, on information, Okay. Don't jump on every little thing. Don't hoard. Stay at home. Wash your damn hands a lot. Let's kill these bugs, man. Let's be not just our body's physical army to kill these bugs. Let's be an army of of human beings out there with a worldwide pandemic, um, helping, keeping each other as healthy and safe as possible. For those of you out there who are sick, I wish you a fast and speedy recovery. For those of you that are in the hospital, I wish you a fast and speedy recovery. 
for those that have died, I am so sorry that you have died and to all the, the family and loved ones that are suffering right now. For everybody in this world, we're going through a really, really tough time, but let's just please try to love and take care of each other as best that we can. To all the doctors and nurses and paramedics and all the frontline staff, I love you and thank you. It sounds like I'm doing a uh, Oscar speech, but honestly, this is how I truly feel to the bottom of my heart. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, this is this is the episode for today. I mean, this is I don't know what else there is to say. Um, I'm not I'm not apologizing for my swearing. I'm not apologizing for my outrage. I'm not apologizing for any of it. This is it. If you find it helpful, please share it or ask people to share it. Like I said, I don't care about the numbers. I just want this information to get out. And I'm going to put in the links where I've gathered some of this uh, important information that I'll hopefully that uh, you can uh, go to yourself to keep updated if you're not already. And if you know of stuff and you're on the Facebook page, go on there, post stuff. Let's talk about it. Okay. Stat, Shocking Traumas and Treatments Facebook group. All right. That's it for now. Thanks for joining me today, my lovely wife. You are most welcome. Please, everyone, God bless, stay safe, be well, and remember, take care of yourself. Take care of one another. Peace. One love.